and I want to look at it with you. I'd like to put my heart and put myself right with you as we endeavor to look toward the Lord. I'd like to read in your hearing, if you would, I'd like you to stand with me. And I would like to read out of the book of Psalms, chapter 73, verses 1 and 2, verses 16 and 17. And then I'll be going into the gospel according to Luke, chapter 11. You'll notice the reading of the word of the Lord. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Now listen to David. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, and my steps most Nice lip. Verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. When I thought to know what about the prosperity of the wicked. My footsteps most nigh slip when I thought I knew this. Verse 3 again. For I was envious at the foolish, and when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. I want everybody to repeat that last phrase with me. Then I understood. Then I understood. I could turn to the Gospels and read in your hearing at the delivery of the message and the fundamentals of this church at the hands of the Lord, just prior to his commission, the scripture said, and he opened their understanding that they might understand. Brother, there's been a many a time that I wish I knew, but I didn't know. Go to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 11. I begin reading at the fifth verse. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him in the midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey? Is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from without answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. 
And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Finding my text in the last two verses that I read, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he shall ask a fish, will you for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? I want to speak to you from the subject, a scorpion, a serpent, or a stone. Shall we pray? Our God, we stand here today. And Lord, I need you, and you promised to stand by me in times like this. And I ask you to anoint your word today. Let us bless your people. Let us reach the hearts of men that are here. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. A scorpion! A serpent or a stone. Never before in the history of the church has the need for men been as great as it is today. Not just men, but men that have some peculiar traits about them. Men who know the will of God, number one. And men who know where they are going. We need this kind of men. You are satisfied by our method, and I don't always think that our method is exactly right, but it's the best method I know. But if you are willing by the method of an election purely to say that because I received the majority, I'll go and take a church, and if this doesn't 
work, then I'll move on. If this is your attitude, the United Pentecostal Church don't need you. Because we don't have time for mistakes anymore. Hallelujah. I believe that there is a place that you can get that you can know about God and His work before there's ever election held. Hallelujah. Or before you've ever met a church board. I believe there are places in God that the saints of this church can get. That there is no doubt in their mind that I am in the will of God and I'm doing what God wants me to do. I may not always understand what I'm doing, but I usually know why I'm doing it. And if I don't, he'll tell me in a little while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't believe that it's pleasing to God in this last day for us to whistle in the dark, so to speak, with what we're doing. But God has a reason for what's going on. Hallelujah. It's not always what men look at. That registers and causes God to be attracted to a man and to an individual and to the work. It ought to be the will of God searching our hearts that every one of us would desire that I could be used of God in some special sort of a way. Not just a man or a preacher or a woman, but every child of God ought to want to be used in this end time like he's never been used. The end time revival that's come to us is the greatest thing and it's beyond all of my expectations and almost beyond my comprehension. See, I come up under the old school that there was going to be a big falling away. And my teacher's here today. But I've listened to my dad say, I don't know about it, but I'm in on it. I don't understand a lot of things, but I like what I'm feeling and I like what God is doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we listen to men as they clamor about apostolic ministry. 
Well, do you believe in apostolic ministry? How many of you believe in it? We look up and we talk to God. Let me enjoy apostolic power. Are you really ready to handle apostolic power like the apostles handled it? Think it over. There seems to be a trend among us that if I can be used of God, I will be elevated in the eyes of men and be thought well of. But never has an apostle been received with good honor in his own country. Hallelujah. There is something strangely peculiar about men that walk with God. You want to be used of God. God don't use everybody that jumps up and says, I want you to use me. I'm here I am, Lord. I want you to use me. Everybody that walks up and lays their hands on a sick people's brow is not exercising apostolic authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But somewhere in the bosom of all of us, there is a haunting desire that God, you would allow me to have that infusion of power that I could have apostolic ministry like the Bible said it was going to be. Hallelujah. We look at men, we like the cut of the hair, we like the fit of the clothes, we like the flash of the smile, the twinkle of their eye, we like the grace with which they walk to a pulpit, we like the way that they handle themselves and their homiletics, they look good. And all of this is pleasing to us. And we almost without reservation, we find a man with some of these qualities and we begin to elevate, we push, we pull, we raise when that man does not know whether God has accepted him yet or not. Oh, but the first, I can't believe that. Yeah, you can believe it. You will when I get through today. Brother Williams, when if you was a hippie and strung out on drugs and you come got the Holy Ghost, you didn't have to preach at the crossroads. You didn't have to go down here to Homer and down here to uh, Sun and up to Belot and places where there was nothing but just pine woods and trees, but because you have a testimony that you have been out wallowing in sin, you have been filthy, dirty, lived with everything in the world, and done everything you could do, we push them to the top. Hello? Hello? But I think that my testimony is more pleasing to God than the man that's been so deep in sin. Brother Glass, I never knew what sin was. 
I've never touched drugs. I've never been hung up on cigarettes. I've never known what theaters are. I've stayed in a place where God has brought me. And I can tell you that God can keep you in your youthful years if you allow Him to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raymond Davidson, where did you start? I know. Where did you start, O.W. Williams? Sir, I can tell you. I'm telling you, sir, if you want God to use you, you need to get somewhere where you can wave a flag at God and let God get attracted to you and let God see you for what you are and let Him know that God, here I am. I'm willing to walk with you the way you want me to walk. Oh, hallelujah. I don't believe that just because you come from some place that I've never been that you're more blessed of God than I am. I believe that you're regulated by the spirit that dwells within you, by the experience that you've had, the place you've been, and God has found out what you're really made out of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Brother Foss, he is so eloquent. He is so great. He is so wonderful. We quit talking about apostolic ministry and begun to do what the apostles done. Not in exploits, but in spirit. The power of the ministry is going to take care of itself wherever you are. You see, for God to use a man, somewhere, that man has got to be broken. You hear me? And he has a way of doing it. He has a way of doing it. We don't like the idea of God breaking me. And we cannot understand it. We cannot see it. We don't know. And therefore we're ready at the moment God begins to try us. We're ready to pull out and say, God, I don't understand what you're doing. I wrestle with you, God. What's going on? Is this what you wanted me to do? But I ask you today, I wonder how God had a message and a call to give. The man that he wanted to call his friend. Oh, it's wonderful to be a friend. Move over, Brother Lewis. Well, it makes you feel good to sit up here by the big chief. Hey, move over. Let me get between y'all. Hey, that feels better. Makes you feel good to sit here with these men. God, that's what we like. Friends. Friends. I like for Brother Williams to look at me and say, there's my friend. But I also like to look at him and say, he's my friend. But when God got ready to claim friendship to a man, he did not just reach out a 
God find the eloquence in a man. He didn't find things that you and I would look for. He found the man blessed. Of course, he had a lot of things. He also found a man that, he said, I'm going to give you a son in your old age. I know how he must have felt, because I've had a son. Oh, I'm telling you, you that have never had sons, you don't know what you've missed. Anybody can have girls. But oh, when you have a son, Yeah. Abraham was not interested in girls. Brother Littlefield is interested in boys. I want a son. I want a son. I want a son. But when that son finally came and he held that little fellow in his hands, he still wasn't a friend of God yet. God was still looking for a friend. Oh, I'll give you a land. I'll give you an inheritance. I'll give you a country. I'll give you a lot of things. I'll bless you with a son. But Abraham, I still don't know whether you're my friend or not. And one morning after he woke up in the middle of the night, been asleep well, and suddenly he woke up, and God spoke to him. His world that had made him what he was up until the present had suddenly crumbled and fell. And it made the future look like a storm-ridden sky, black and dark, not knowing where to go. Because God said, I want you, son. Three days and nights he walked, not knowing whether the boy would live or die. But not one time, not one time did he ever question God. Not one time did he ask God, let me understand. I don't know why I'm where I'm at, God. But God knew I'm hunting a friend, Abraham. I'm looking for somebody that I can call my friend. Oh, hallelujah. I'm looking for a man that when things are wrong, He's going to stay with me. I'm looking for a man when the going gets tough. He's going to stand by me. What I'm fixing to do to you, Abraham, I've got to know where you stand, honey. So I've asked you for the greatest possession of your life. What do you mean, God? You call me from Ur the Chaldees? You gave me Isaac. Now you're asking me to give him back to you. God, I cannot understand. If Abraham had known, Brother Williams, the words that I've read today, he would have wrestled in the night. God, I've asked you for bread. Did you give me a stone? I've asked you for a fish. And did you give me a serpent and a scorpion? This thing I can't handle. I can't do it. I don't know. But God, I'm going to walk with you. And with that serpent and his heart curling up around his very system, he stayed true. God, I need to know what's going on. 
If you would just tell me, God, I'd feel better about it all. Abraham, I want Isaac. All right. All right. I'll give him to you. Yeah, but I want him. It's an unretractable sacrifice. The most hideous of all. I want him a burnt offering. I want you to offer him to me. All right. Wrestling for three days. Not knowing. God looking over the battlements of glory. Looking for the man that he wants to use. He came! Said Isaac! Come go with me to the top of the mountain. Okay, Dad. Go in. What you're going to do? We're going to offer sacrifices. He went over and took the censer off of his altar. He got some coals and he put them in the little censer box and told him, said, Here, carry it. Went by and got some wood and they started off. And when the servants went along with him and they got to the base of the mountain, he stopped and looked at him and said, Y'all stay here. Me and the lad, we're going a little bit further. You see, God needs to know before he gives you apostolic power just how far you're going to go before he gives you that. Hallelujah. How far God I'm going. And the boy stopped him and said, Daddy, wait a minute. You forgot something. What is it, Isaac? Then the question that pierced his heart. Daddy, where's our sacrifice? Oh, God. What am I going to tell him? What am I going to say? That's going to be my answer to him, God. How can I tell this boy that in my pocket is a knife and I'm going to run it through your very heart? I'm going to build a fire at your feet and at your head. And I'm going to watch you burn to a crisp. And I'm going to see the smoke ascend to God unmolested. Abraham, what are you going to tell him? Don't worry, honey. I got a friend that's going to take care of it all. God is going to provide for himself a lamb, Isaac. Let's go. When Abraham got to the very point, stretching that boy on the altar, and he pulled that sharp-bladed sword, clenched it in his fist, wrestling in his soul, I don't know why. God, I don't understand this. But because you asked me for it. And when he started, God stopped him. And then the Lord said, Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Now I I understand that you are really my friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God wants you. But He wants you. If you're willing to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had two 
growing adults received the Holy Ghost last night from our church. Sure, this camp meeting has been a blessing to me. It's been a joy to my heart to see the presence of God come, the Spirit of the Lord fall. But what do you suppose the outcome would have been with me? Brother Johnson, if they would have come and told me, Brother Foss, you're in a building program, and that millionaire you've been talking to got the Holy Ghost last night. I would have just told Brother Williams goodbye and I'd have checked it to you. I wouldn't have been here today. A millionaire. God can use a millionaire. Bless God, I can use a few. Yeah. But this is our thinking. We think about that. But when you think about a man that's a millionaire, dear God, at 14% interest on CDs, a million dollars, just that alone would be $140,000. And his tithes on that's 14000 a year. Get 60% of all the tithes. That means that, dear Lord, I, whoo, hallelujah. That's almost too much for my little brain when it starts to whirl. But you see, this don't faze God. He had a millionaire. He had him eloquent. Had him that was well thought of among everybody. He had everything that a man could want. He had flocks. He had sons and daughters. He had she asses. He had camels. He had everything a man could want. Why didn't God want Job like he was? He had a message that a millionaire couldn't deliver. Hallelujah. Well, the devil even recognized what God had done. He said, well, God, dear Lord, I wouldn't live for God if he was like O.W. Williams. He got a wall built around him. Press carpet and a big desk. Found automobile. Good family. Everywhere he goes, people wants to wants him to preach and who wouldn't love you. You see, that's what the devil told God about Job. Said he's not serving you for naught. Said if you will just let me get to him, I'll make you curse him to your face. And this is what God wants to know about you. He wants to know if I give you apostolic ministry, will it become a curse to me later on? Can I let you pray and heal cancers and you still be R.E. Johnson? Can I let you pray and raise the dead and you remain Wayne McLean? Can I let you do these things and you be just like you've always been? Or if I give you apostolic ministry, will you be a curse to me later on? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He started off. God had no glory in his millions. He had no glory in his wealth. And so the Lord said, All right, you touch him. Wind smoked the building. His family died. 
Man, come running, said, I'm the only one left to tell you about it, Job. No sooner than he had done that, hey, Job, here come another man. The Sabaeans came and they took all your stuff from the flocks and they're gone. And in one swipe, one breath of God, he was brought down to a pauper, left there without anything in the world. But God still didn't get the glory that he was looking for. And the Lord looked at him and God waited. Job must have wrestled. God, what? What's going on? I ask you for bread. God, have you given me a stone? In his hand, a crook-tailed scorpion. God, I've lost everything that I ever had. Is this what you're looking for? Did you give me all this to do this to me? And in the night, that breathing, slimy serpent wrapped around him. And he looked up and said, God, is this a serpent? No, not on your life, sir. When he looked around and he saw it, there was something happened on the inside of him. He started waving at God. He said, God, give us. And God, take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, God was not yet through. That scorpion, that stone, that serpent hadn't done its work yet. I'm going to know, Job, I got a message that you're going to take to this world. There's something I'm going to tell you that this world has never heard. And I want to know if I can trust you with it. The Lord looked at Satan again and said, hey, buddy. Now what you think about him? Huh? Uh, skin for skin. You let me touch him. Yeah. And he'll curse you. Yeah. Alright? Go ahead, but don't you kill it. Touched it. Yeah. Become a ball from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Those balls begin to come to a head. They begin to fester. They begin to burst. He began to rake corruption off of him with a little old paddle. Nobody wanted to see him. And he stopped and looked. And there was a worm eating in his flesh. He got to looking so bad. He went and got some sackcloth. He put it around him. He took ashes, sprinkled it on top of his head. That wasn't enough. The scripture says that he got on top of a dung pile. And he got up and he sat down there. Sackcloth and ashes, sores, worms, everything wrong. And his friends come by and said, Job, you miserable, filthy-looking thing. God, 
They come, what's the matter with you? They come by and they were struck down. They couldn't even talk to him. Nothing but paddling souls, mashing worms. God, do I deserve this? God, it's just your thanks to me. Oh, but Job, I got a message for you, honey. If you just hold out and right there on that dung pile and under the ashes and under the sackcloth, his wife walked out. Thank God for a good wife, Brother Williams. There's been times in my life that I've been misunderstood by everybody. And I could go to her and she may not have understood, but she made me think she did. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. When I've been up, maybe she was down, but it's always been when I was down. I felt that little sweet hand as she took a hold of me. Oh, God. And said, honey, God called you. Yeah, that's it. You're here, and he's going to see us through. Don't worry. We're going to make it. And I have felt that, but Job sitting there in his condition, the last thing he had in the world, walked out there and looked at him. She shook her head, and she said, Job, you're crazy to serve a God that would do that to you. You're crazy that would let that happen to you, and you still love him. You're crazy to do what you've done. Love God? Why don't you curse God and die? God, this serpent is wrapped around me. This stone is about to load me. This champion has got me where I don't know where to turn. But when that man heard that woman, all of a sudden struck his heart and he stepped out from under the ashes and threw back the sackcloth. And he looked at her and said, you talk like a foolish woman. You talk like a foolish woman.
Discouragement of God go away. Wherever you are, though them worms destroy you, though your flesh wastes away, if you've got a hold of God, you're going to stand up in the latter day, and it won't be a scorpion, it won't be a stone, it won't be a serpent. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you laid awake last night wrestling with a serpent and a scorpion and a stone. Hang on, honey. You're praying for end time revival. It's coming. If you'll just hang on. You're praying for apostolic ministry. Just stay there. Hold on to it. You're going to find it. But he wants to know about you first. Man, the Lord told him, said, I want a man. Had a certain job a man had to do. You see, the church of Jerusalem had just about saturated Jerusalem. The Jews had the gospel preached to them. But God had another thought in mind. And that is that Rome has got to hear my word. at the authority to persecute the Christians. And he stood there when he saw Stephen stone and had done something to him. Not an ordinary man. Dear God, I don't care if you're a PhD, XXYZ, or PLD, or whatever you are. That's not what God is looking for in you, sir. There's got to be something besides that. Two men asked him, said, can we sit one on your right hand and one on your left? He said, that's not mine to give. But he said, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? Can you? Can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? And Peter looked at him and said, well, I sure can. He said, yeah, you can. That's the truth. You can. But the place that you've asked, I can't give it to you. But the one that it's prepared for, he's going to sit in it. It's not always what we see. This man started on the Damascus Road, educated at the field of Gamaliel. Strictest sect of the Pharisees, a member of the Sanhedrin, a man that had everything in this world in his favor. And he started down to Damascus. I'm going to persecute the Christians. They're having revival down there. And when Ananias, the minister, heard about it, he ran and hid himself. But on the road to Damascus, God found his 
knocked him off of that beast of birth. And when he laid there in the dust of the Damascus Road, his heart began to reach after God. Without reservation, he looked up and said, God, what will you have me to do? i got a message for you, honey. We're going somewhere, and I want you to go. Didn't know what he was saying. But out of a heart of surrender and a prayer that touched God, God accepted what that man had to say. He said, get up and go to a street called Straight. And there's a man that's going to tell you what you got to do. He got up standing. Well, Brother Foss got out and knocked him blind. I agree with you. But how in the world are all of us seeing? He ought to have been blind. Oh, but wait a minute. God was looking for a man. He got over there and the Lord spoke down and I said, Hey, I want you to get up and go to the street called Straight. There's a man over there, Saul of Tarsus. I want you to go and pray for him. <laughs> Just a minute, Lord. Just a minute, God. I was preaching youth camp in Mississippi last week. And a uh, guy down the road come over there. We're going to shut meeting down. Sheriff had to take him off the grounds, and somebody back during the convention come over there and raised him sand and hit a man with a karate chop, broke his nose, and so on and so forth. So here I go that night. They told me about the commotion, how bad that man was. And I run to Brother Kraft, our evangelist, and I went over there that day. And I said, hey, Brother Kraft, did you hear about what happened? He said, what was it? I said, that guy run that tourist coat over there. He said, my God, Brother Kraft, that man's the devil. He said, he'll get out there with a high-powered rifle, and he'll wait. Yeah, that man I would shoot somebody. My God, I could just see when I walked to the pulpit. <laughs> see, I've looked down one end of them things, but I ain't ever looked down the other end. And, yeah. I would have been about like Ananias. I said, well, Ananias, God, hey, just a minute. That's the guy's been persecuting us. And the Lord said, yeah, but Ananias, go on. He's praying now. I got him on the road, and he's praying. I want you to go talk to him. Went over there, and the Lord laid hands on him. And the Lord baptized him with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He received everything that he needed. And you would think, oh, God, what an eloquent man. What a great man. What a wonderful man. What a wonderful time. What in the world wouldn't I give? But God was not ready for him yet. Not yet. I want you to start reading right here. Verse, 20. Verse 25. God was not ready yet. God was not ready with him yet. You got to go to Rome, Paul. I want you to go to Rome. God, I'm eloquent. I'm a smart man. Oh, I want to be the apostle to the Gentiles. I want to go to Rome. Yeah, we'd all like to go to Rome, but do we want to go the way Paul went? Read. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. One time I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. Three times. 
suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. A night and a day I swam and I swam and I floated in the deep. I couldn't see daylight. I didn't know where to go. All I could see was water, 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 water. I stayed there a night and a day. In journeyings often. My God, every time I looked up, I had to go. I couldn't stay anywhere long. I traveled and I traveled. I went and I went. No place for me to stop. No place for me to rest. In journeys often. In perils of robbers. In perils. Always in danger. Read on. Christ, I suffered shipwreck. I suffered shipwreck three times. A night and a day I've been in the deep. I stayed in the deep a night and a day. In journeys often. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils, read on. In perils of robbers. In perils of mine own countrymen. Oh, among my countrymen. In perils by the heathen. My countrymen didn't like me. My countrymen hated me. I was feared by my brethren. I was hated by my enemies. Nobody cared about me. I was in peril because of my countrymen. In perils in the city. In perils in the city. In the perils in the wilderness. Oh, God, read on, Brother Williams. In perils in the sea. Read on. In perils among false brethren. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and in painfulness. In painfulness. In watchings often. Oh, hallelujah. Read on. In hunger and thirst. I was hungry and I was thirsty. In fasting often. In fasting often. In cold and nakedness. In cold and negligence. Besides these things. Besides these things. That are without. Read on. That which cometh upon me daily. Oh, God. Daily. That's enough. What have you heard about this man? Don't you suppose that when that man was shipwrecked, don't you suppose when he was hated by his countrymen, don't you suppose that when he was coming out from the pile of stones, somebody looked at him and said, Paul, don't you reckon you've made a mistake? But God was waiting. This man had a mission in this world to do. And I'm going to see what he's going to do under a hail of stones. They dug him out. They pulled him out and, and they said, Paul, where are you going now? He said, I think I better go back to Jerusalem. Man, you can't go to Jerusalem now. He said, you'll suffer in Jerusalem. Yeah. He said, boy, wait a minute. You got this thing all wrong. I prayed a prayer on Damascus Road. I asked God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. You get a basket now. He said, I'm not only willing when I get to Jerusalem to suffer. Oh, God, this bruise hurts. It's about to kill me. Let me tell you something, honey. When I get to Jerusalem, if he wants me to die, I'm willing to die when I get there. He said, get a basket. They put him in a basket and 
They started letting him down. All they could look up, and he told them, hold on to the rope. Just hold on to it. Don't, don't let me drop. And down he went. Look, friend, you're looking at a man that you're asking for what he had when you said, I want apostolic power. Right. That's it. That's exactly right. God was getting him ready to go before kings. Oh, if I was as handsome as Brother Boyd and as neat as Brother Heron and as fine as Brother McLean, I wouldn't mind going to the president and telling him a few things. That's not what God was after in Paul. He said, you're going before kings and you're going before rulers and I'm going to have a message with you when you get there that's going to do the job that you have to have. You are my apostle. And this is the only way that I can get it to you. I've got to keep you down. Now look, Paul, I'm going to show you something. And I'm going to show it to you, but you're not going to tell nobody. And in order for me to remind you, and you know this is getting to be a habit among Pentecostals. God showed me this, and God showed me that. And I doubt if God ever showed you anything. It becomes a habit with us. I hear these men get up and say, God show. That sounds big to me. I jump up and say, God show. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you something more than that. God, I see how they do it. I'm going to do it like them. And I hear Bill Davis say God showed him that such and such was going to happen. My God, that sounds good to me, Brother Davis. So I get all carried away in the spirit. Suddenly I turn carnal right quick and, hmm, God showed me so and so. And I almost repeat what he said as if God showed it to me. The 23rd chapter of the book of Jeremiah. You want to turn to read it? Jeremiah 23. Read right here, Brother Davison. Again, right there. 28. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell it. The prophet that's got a dream, let's God let him tell his dream. Uh, if it's your dream, tell it. If it's mine, keep your mouth off of it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. The prophet that hath a dream, tell it. Let him tell it. A dream. Read on. And he that hath my word, let he him, that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Let him speak my word. If you got my word, speak it faithfully. Praise, Praise God. Read on. You're going to get some dynamite there in just a minute. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? What is the chaff? To the wheat, saith the Lord. Yes. Read on. Is not my word as a fire, saith the Lord? Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord? And like a hammer? And is not my word like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? 
You that have at this youth camp, you heard Brother Cole tell you about hammering at a rocket wheeling West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it's going to break. Yes, sir. He says, my word, like a hammer that breaks that rock into pieces. Won't it do it? Will it do it? The sledgehammer blow of the gospel is big enough to crush and grind the power, the hardest heart you've ever seen in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 That's all you need. That's it. You don't need R.E. Johnson's Thus saith the Lord. I don't need Brother Heron's dream. I don't need nothing else you've got. All I've got to have is what the chaff is to the wheat. Hallelujah. God, that is a hammer that breaks that rock to pieces. Yes, sir. Hey, wait a minute. I ain't through with that. Go on. Therefore, behold. I who's am a, talking? I am against the prophet. Therefore, behold. I, the Lord, I am against the prophet. Yes. Saith the Lord. Saith the Lord. That steal my words. That steals my word. Everyone from his neighbor. Everyone from his neighbor. The scourge of Pentecost. Cassette recordings. Some of you fellas haven't prayed one for yourself in so long. Tell it would scare you if God had talked to you and give you a brand new, fresh, blood-bought sermon. All right. Hey, let me, let me get up there where you can hear what I'm saying. Behold. Some more. I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongue. Wait just a minute. That steals my word. Mm-hmm. Everyone from his neighbor. How many times have you gone to the pulpit crying for apostolic ministry? You uh, get up and tell them, Oh dear God, it sounds so good for me to say. But in the middle of the night, God woke me up and he gave me a sermon. Did you think to tell him that it come off of a cassette recorder? a serpent, a stone, you better tell them where you got it. I believe that you need to go to God and get that message for yourself. God's got one for you if you'll do what he says. That's all right, Brother Davidson. That's enough. rest of it says, and they shall not profit this people, saith the Lord. You look around, you see people preach a masterpiece and no results. They don't have the spirit of the message. They're just a mailman. Now, Brother Williams, you told me I was going to have an hour and a half. I got 15 more minutes. All right. show you some things, but you're not going to tell it. And in order to remind you to keep your mouth shut, I'm going to put this thorn in your side, and uh, every time you want to tell it, you're going to think about it. 
But let me tell you something, friend. When he stood before Felix, when he finally got to Agrippa, stripped off his coat, he didn't have to steal nothing from the Apostle Peter. He looked at a church and said, Remember my bonds and the marks that I bear in my body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he started talking to that man. And as he preached to that king, as he preached to that governor, their heart began to shake. But that was the time that Paul wrestled in the night. He wrote, Timothy, come before winter, honey. I'm cold. It's dark. And get here if you can. You see, he wrestled in the night. A scorpion. A serpent. God, is this what you call me for? Preacher friend of mine lost a boy in the war. I never will forget how it made me feel. Where's the Bible here? Any of you brethren? All right. They called him and told him your boy was killed in action. That man walked into the living room and closed the door. Walked over and got that Bible. Walked across the room. God, this is a serpent that I can't handle. And this is a stone that I don't understand. This is a scorpion that bites so bad that I've preached for you for 30 years. Can you call me? I've never stopped. I've done with that. I've lived in sheds. I've gone hungry. And I, God, I just can't take this. He took that Bible in his hand and he drew back. And he slung it against the wall. And it hit the wall and fell to the floor. And he stood there. And he said, this is the thanks that I get for doing what you asked me to do. My old daddy tell you about examining him on the board. Had to take his papers, went out of fellowship, away from God. Never has come back because the scorpion that he thought was a scorpion, the serpent that he thought was a serpent, the stone that he thought was a stone, became a damning thing to him because he couldn't handle it. But some of you can handle that. When you go to your Gethsemane, you go there and ask God, God, let me bow up under this and it'll do something to you, sir. It'll change your life, your ministry, everything there is about you. It'll change. Hey, you don't mind me talking about a great man, do you? I wonder how many nights this cane has become a serpent. How many nights this cane has become a stone? How many nights it's become a scorpion? I get up and preach, and Brother McNeely, I'm strong, I'm big, I got a strong back, I walk straight. But that little R.A. Johnson walks to the pulpit. I've had him to tell me, Brother Foss, lay your hand on my back. i got to preach and my back's about to kill me. Brother Johnson, 
You wrestled in the night. Is it a scorpion? God, is it a serpent? Is it a stone? But the preacher in the Pentecostal church with a golden verse, would it be the same if God didn't have it with him? Bear it, my son, and you're going to heal. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah! 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 There's some of you, there is some of you that's gone through the trial of your life. Some of you preachers have come to this camp meeting staggering. I ask you for bread. Did you give me a stone? hold on. He's fixing to give you something, but he wants to know if he can trust you with it. Oh, hallelujah. If you will just take what he's given you, it's not going to be long until victory is going to belong to you if you will hold on. Mom, around my brother, I ask him, how you doing? Big old tears run down his face. Not so good, Brother Files. I sometimes wonder if I miss God by coming here. You hear of anything open? Would you help me? I'm going to tell you today, I hear it. It's open. That line to glory. He hasn't given you a serpent. He hasn't given you a stone. But if you'll bear it, he's going to give you a message that'll break that rock where you are. Hallelujah. 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 A serpent, a scorpion, or a stone. My time is gone. But would you let me do what I feel like doing right here? Brother Johnson, I want you to come sing for me. I suppose I've been preaching to myself today. I've been through Gethsemane. I've given up a boy that changed my ministry. I've walked in places that I almost rebelled. 
The last six months have been some of the trying, most trying times I've ever been through. But when I get across that bridge, across the bridge, when I get across that bridge, he's going to pull the thorn out of my side. He's going to take the scorpion out of my hand. He's going to unwrap the serpent from around my neck. Hallelujah. 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 He's going to take the stone away and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. A scorpion, a serpent, or a stone. Just the will of God. God bless you, Brother Johnson. Just across the bridge there'll be no Just across the bridge, there'll be no more pain. That sun will shine across the
No more scorpions. No more serpents. No more stones. Young evangelist struggling to get started. Hold on, the doors are going to open for you. He called you. It's not a scorpion. It's not a serpent and it's not a stone. Mother home broken, husband gone. Wife here lonely. Oh, think the church wherever you are. Just across that bridge. And it's all going to be all right. Hallelujah. Don't you love him for that? God bless you. I want Brother Johnson to sing the chorus much more than we'll be through. Just across the bridge. Oh. 